1: This podcast contains language and themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. Hello, and welcome to episode one of a ludicrous season three of the Busted Barstools podcast. You are joined by the last bastion of research. It's the Doctor. Howdy. You are joined. By the chief of controversy, that is the coach. And myself, sadly, Beric is M.I.A. Um, so unfortunately, he won't be joining us for this episode. How are we, gents? We all good? we enjoyed the break? Oh, I was pleased. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good to be back, though. It is good. It is good. It's for great to back. be back. Uh, doesn't feel like we had a break does it, at all. No, he's all lucky um, I have to
2: say, lads, you look great. I'm on a trip to the to the barbers, but you
1: yeah, <laughs> apart from <laughs> not having a trip to the barbers in the for booth. for men who haven't had a haircut in a good six weeks to this stage, um, looking sprightly, um, lot to get through this week, lads. Um, so first up, it's all the happenings in <coughs> the English Premier League, as detailed by the doctor. Mhm. A quick word from our uh, sorry, the coaches, good, bad, and ugly, followed by a quick word from our partners. I'll then have a. Deep dive into the quarterback quarterback position in the NFL, by, and shortly, <coughs> we may have a few cheeky fan questions.
0: Yeah, cheeky fan
1: questions. Yeah, a few cheeky fan questions. Um, So, Doctor, you good to kick us all off?
0: Yeah, I sure am. So, Jesus, the last time uh, we spoke, it would have been... Just before the start of December, I think the last episode
1: might uh, So, what, would
0: have been match day 9, match day 10 in the Premier League? And um, yeah. what a turn of events It has been So We would have had a Match day 10 Spores Were top 21 points <laughs> Manchester United Were ninth On 16 points And just before That At a time And one of our Fellow podcasters, said United you know, don't finish top ten. I'm gonna stop you there. So uh, <laughs> no, just a quick, so just a quick, uh, a quick I'm
2: word to all the. Po- I just want to put out an apology, lads. Right? Okay. I want to <laughs> apologise because over the Christmas break I've got a lot. I, I meant to kick off the show with this, actually, to be honest with you. And over Christmas I've got a lot of it stick and heat off numerous sources about a comment I made about Manchester United not finishing in the top ten. I want to apologise I made a mistake it was meant to be Arsenal it was the wrong colour the wrong shirt but uh, <laughs> look credit credit to
1: well if you go back <laughs> and listen to the conversation it was strictly about Ole credit, so credit
2: to credit <laughs> to the Manchester United team Ole he's at the wheel look I'm happy for Ole he's a likeable character um, and just congratulations on to Manchester the city of Manchester I should say on winning the Premier League trophy back <laughs> uh,
0: nice compliment nice. Yeah, sorry doctor Sheep. sorry to interrupt Wooden. there but sorry the city of Manchester, but uh, Jesus, yeah, what a massive turnaround! Like in the last uh, couple of weeks, it's before Christmas. It's been insane. So as you can see, anyone who knows the Premier League table or watched it is, you know, from today, Man United sitting pretty in top spot uh, on forty points. The Last time they lost the game was um, I think that one 0 at Old Trafford against Arsenal, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Think so in yeah. the league. Which, I mean, this turnaround as well. This week we're heading into is match week twenty. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's happening in the space of nine. Nine. Yeah. Not every club has got nine games yeah. either with all the um, COVID stoppages and stuff.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, since then, Slavan Village got the, the boo. Uh, I think over the the Christmas period, Big Sam came in. Um, still in the, the bottom of half of the table, table but, but he be looking to do what he always does and save a club relegation. We'll have to. I suppose, wait and see. Six points from safety, but we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Um, Man City have absolutely found their form. I mean, they were kind of lagging just around fucking... uh, Top six, where were they? They were... Sorry, they were 11th on match day 10, and now they're up to uh, second. So, certainly the form team alongside... uh, The scary thing about City
2: is they don't seem to have come out of second gear yet either.
0: We were very lucky yesterday yeah, too. That's um, true. Yeah. Until he brought the big ones on. As yeah. they say. Um, yeah, Jesus Like what's gone on there with Liverpool? Is it their injuries? See a lot have of people, lost their spark? are they kind of worn I have two out from concepts. their, I have two their concepts, consistency yeah. and their their high octane Play over the last two or three seasons that brought a, a Champions League and a Premier League. Go on, Sas, because I, I know, one of you, I, I, know I, tend yeah. I know
2: what one of them is, but go on, yeah.
1: I tend to lean towards what the doctor just said there because it's a poor example. But we've seen it with Spores under Pochettino. The final season, the players were just gone, and I don't know if maybe it's two or three signings, like squad players, not a, not a not a marquee name, over the next few days, just to to bring fresh legs into the mm-hmm. squad and give that little bit of a boost. The other concept I have is, I just wonder if all of Jorgen Klopp's complaints to the media and stuff like that, if it's filtered down into the psyche of the players. Like, are they, like unbeknownst to themselves, thinking, do you know what, actually, we are playing too many games. Actually, do you know what, we are tired. Actually, do you know what, we are at a risk of injury, actually. And that's kind of where I swing. Um, it's good to see Virgil van Dijk was back kicking the <coughs> ball around. Over yeah, the weekend, I think, yeah. it was footage up on social media. So, be huge to get back.
2: It's, it's a weird one because it seems as though, like, so obviously Van Dijk's out injured and uh, Diogo Jada as well, who he had seemed to be the the kind of the flux capacitor, the things that were going to happen and, and had that extra energy. So it was okay if one or two of the front, of the front three was in poor form because he was able to come in, and that's the joy of having you know depth there. Um. But obviously he's gone and the three lads are out of form. You know, um so that's one side. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh well, you know, when V Dyke's in the team, the points average goes up because you can play higher up the pitch and whatever. But all the games they've played in the last you know, since that Palace 7 0 win, they're games that were easily won. They just couldn't put the ball in the goal. Like they've had <coughs> countless attempts on goal. I think mm. was there a stat the I think it was is it ninety-six attempts 20 yeah. on goal oh sorry yeah 20 in, like in that, that game yeah. sorry, but oh. since the Palace game they've had I think it's 96 attempts on goal with one goal like
1: and I mean yeah Bleacher Report did it up Um, they did like it's. they basically did all the games where Liverpool haven't scored if that makes sense and uh, the last run of is it four games yeah. or I can't remember but they had the total number of shots and the total number of shots on target they're very low in terms of shot accuracy as well and I don't I do think it's for C because like Trent and uh, Trent, mm. Andy Robertson, they've been so, like, they're not their normal selves. Like, it's not. Like, everyone's banging on about the, the, the front three not working, but Mo Salah is still top goals yeah. going to premiership this season. So, they, it's like they've hit a wall. And that's why you tend to lean towards the fa- fatigue yeah. issue.
2: Yeah, oh, I know, I agree with the fatigue issue. The problem, the, the thing about Trent is, and someone sent me an article the other day about when, how Trent had COVID and it wasn't really put out there and all that sort of stuff. COVID, <clears> how, whatever my, my might do your fatigue, Like, Trent's putting in, two games are always put the highest amount, he's taking the record for highest amount of crosses into a box, but there's nowhere in there. You know, like, I think it was 38 (coughs) crosses one of the nights, and I think one of them was connected with, Mm. like, that, what it tells me, what it tells me is, Klopp, as much, I'm a Liverpool fan, and you know, as much as I love Klopp, we're struggling for a plan B big time. There doesn't seem to be a plan B, um... 'Cause even when Henderson was playing in the middle, That's he was getting on to on an angle to try player, and put balls into the box for crosses. But we don't have we don't have a Charlie Austin or a, a you know, a, someone like that in the box <laughs> crosses. It's, it's we're a different type of team. And as I, I love Thiago, he's played great against ten men at Chelsea, and then the following game he might have been Leeds or something like that. It's it's kind of a mid table team. Since then he hasn't done it and he's picked up stupid yellow cards. You know, he's not really now he's not been allowed to dictate the play because he's not getting you know, he doesn't have that kind of Fabinho's playing centre half, he's not playing in the defensive midfield role. So maybe that's something.
1: On Thiago, I think he is a fantastic player. But I think he forces Liverpool to play in a different mm-hmm. style that I don't think is to the betterment of the rest mm-hmm. of the players in the squad.
2: I think he's slowing down the play a little bit. Although his passes are right, yeah. he is slowing down the play and the typical play mm-hmm. that Liverpool have been used to over the last two years. But you both have points in the whole kind of fatigue thing because If you look at Pep and every other club he's been at, it's kind of been two-year stints of playing at that intensity that he had. And I think you're seeing Mm -hmm. something similar now. And obviously City is the longest time Pep spent at a club. But whatever happened to City last year, I think that was their lull. And he's probably changed his plan a little bit. And now he's going again for another two-year, you know, stint, if you like. So it was like a rest season or a furlough season or whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Again, their squad size is a, is a, is a huge factor too as well. So, and then this whole
2: thing um, with Liverpool and and not having money and actually some fans are gone giving out about it. But it, it's easier to see if you look at it. I know Sass, you have a big kind of um, interest in in the business and the politics and all that sort of stuff. But if you look at the likes of City and Chelsea, this is is money that doesn't run out. But United, Liverpool, American money. There's only so much of it. it it's it's hard earned money if that makes sense. As opposed to these. <laughs> Um, eastern, you know that, that, that's my my yeah, yeah, that's my, my theory.
1: Well it it's 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 Arab state government money effectively, so it is it is actually endless. It's not fi- like practically endless. It is endless. I think you see that from the Tiago as well, don't you?
2: Like five million up front to pay off yeah. over,
1: you know the next five but years. See the the thing too as well with Liverpool is John Henry made his name really with the Boston Red Sox. And how the Boston Red Sox under John Henry broke the curse of Gambino, which was the Boston Red Sox hadn't won a title in I think 100 years since they traded Babe Ruth, and that's where the curse Gambino comes from, was implementing the model adapted with Billy Bean in in, in Oakland with yeah. Moneyball, and that's who Billy Bean meets at the end. For people who don't maybe don't know, is that is John Henry. He meets at the very end. He goes to Fenway Park and meets him. So. Outside of Van Dyke, a lot of Liverpool signings over the last five years have been shrewd acquisitions. Actually, and it comp- what you're Fair saying
2: complements say. kind of what's going on at the moment. Because we all know that Klopp has been mm. going looking for a centre-half. But if you look at it analytically, we're not conceding. It's very rare Liverpool mm. are conceding, so mm. why would I get a, a centre-half? In John actually, W. Henry's yeah. head, he's not going to sign a player, he's not going to get the money. But if he was there, he's probably thinking, well, we're not scoring goals, so we need someone to score goals. If, if you look at it in that respect, do you know what I mean? Numbers what mm-hmm. as a numbers game. But look, it's, it's, it's interesting. Tonight, I know we're recording slightly earlier than usual, so tonight Liverpool face Manchester United in the FA Cup, and <coughs> it's going to be a, a big story, because the way Liverpool are going, they probably need to win that game, whereas they beat United last weekend, it's probably not as important.
1: Both, you know... I, I'd, be, I'd actually think counter okay. I think Liverpool could do with less yeah. fixtures. So dropping out of the cup now while you'll get the stick from the United fans for the week. Do you not think it's the same situation so for United?
2: Cup, yeah. Well,
0: you know, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's the same situation for both. I mean, considering but well, you have this if the if the, the Premier League they return to European action as well then in like mm-hmm. mid February. So mm-hmm. that's that that's more like and they um th- those last thirty two and last uh, sixteen, they're not single fixtures, they're two two legged.
1: Are they back to two they
0: they're back to two legs, aren't
1: they? Yeah. Well, the reason reason I'd say it's more important for Liverpool is because of the accumulation of fixtures over the last number of yeah. years versus United, who... Yeah. Europa League...
0: Do you know sure, that sort of they, way? Um, when they won the... Was it the, the year they won the, the Champions League? They actually got knocked out by Wolves in the tour round. Mm. Didn't they? So they kind of... You know, I could say I mean, that probably gave them a hand in terms of their their fixture list or fixture congestion, if you want to call it. May had a contributing factor. You, you don't, yeah.
1: And look, the, F, the FA Cup is not what it was no. worth. Ah, it's, it's Cup, not, so no. no. It's, a, it's a poor competition. It's, it's closer to the League Cup than it is to... Yeah. Premier the
0: League,
1: Premier Champions League,
2: League. Yeah. So, yeah. While we, I know we've just spent a little bit on Liverpool, but just two things that have popped up in the last little while that I think in the Premier League have been great. Number one, the resurgence of David Moyes. I think it has been fantastic for us yeah. It's been incredible. He's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, what he's done there has been has been yeah. nothing short of a miracle. I would have talked. I think yeah. he took them over I was
0: just to, I was just about to say that actually, given how bizarre it's, it's, it is, sixteen if points.
2: Did. He took them over it, possibly.
0: It's
1: since he got COVID, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. He, he oh, yeah we had the and, joke about, and the, he's all He's on. And, and, the and they won them. Yeah, and then they kept. Yeah, they and and the joke was, how can he come back? And he came back, and he just kept going. It's been brilliant.
2: But the other part of that is. The the transfer of um Spurs training pitch to Leeds United's Ellen Road. Interesting.
1: <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Interesting. yeah.
2: It seems to have been That's a, a massive fallout Those... and breakdown with Bielsa and the owners, the Leeds owners over that. Um so I don't know how that'll play it for the rest of the season, but I think Bielsa from what I've read on Twitter streams and stuff like that was if this doesn't happen I'm gone. <laughs> um, mm. so yeah. Yeah, that, that's, it's the first time I've ever seen a transfer like that. I think it was half a million, 440-something in that region um, to get the pitch transferred up. It'll be interesting to see how it holds up for the rest of the season.
1: Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> I think we might just... We've spent a good bit of time, so we might wrap this up. I think just before we do finish on the Premier League, it's been one of the better seasons, I think. Yeah. Um, you look at Leicester flying, you look at Villa flying. There's so many teams... Having a great season,
0: yeah. I'd say, up, I'd say, um, give it up to about match day 25, match day 26. It'll be a three four horse race, and then we'll see what happens from there. Um, mm. but what I will say is, if you said the start of the season, West Ham United and Aston Villa are pushing for a place in Europe, you'd have been laughed at, but look what they're doing likewise
1: if you celebrate Sheffield tonight yeah yeah. Year, I suppose, but yeah so versus this fair, year
0: uh, yeah, it's fair yeah fair play to fair play to them but i think uh, the kind of losers of the season if you want to call that would be um so far is uh chelsea 220 million on transfers and they're kind of languishing there around mid table so lampard's under pressure yeah but like what they said about Ollie last season you know give him time I think it was Kane who was saying after the Liverpool match give him another year and see whereabouts he is and now he's brought Man United to the top of the table so that's historically an issue with Chelsea though yeah I know yeah um, I think uh, you know I think I think a, a, a lot of people when Solskjaer first got a point that people were like you know that was an emotional decision it wasn't rational they didn't really think that through could it be the same with uh, Lampard probably I mean he had one, one, one full season with Derby County and brought him to the playoffs didn't get promoted and then you know he's now in his second season as Chelsea manager so yeah we'll see what happens with them over the next couple of games but yeah an interesting and exciting um, season Season. thus far so we'll, we'll see Perfect. what happens
1: okay so I suppose without much further ado Freddie I do, it's the coaches, good, bad and the ugly. So yes. away. so,
2: um, good, so I suppose my what I've looked at is over the last few weeks rather than I suppose the week because we obviously missed a little while, so the good this week, um, the NBA is back and there are so many subplots and stories to follow, um, I think, uh, we, uh, we obviously did the decision before Christmas and since then I've had a few people ask, predominantly friends. Um, how can someone follow NBA? Because there's just so much going on. It's not like on a Saturday you can sit down and watch match of the day with football. It's, there's a, every game is right. very similar in terms of there's lots of points scored, there's lots of defending, there's lots of good little pieces. So my best explanation was you kind of have to follow a storyline or a team to get your most out of your season. I think. Um, yeah.
1: So it's 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 not like NFL red zone of a Sunday where. If you plank yourself down for three hours, you're gonna yeah, get. Yeah, it, it, a view it's it. It's not league.
2: when you when you don't kind of focus on something. It's very hard to follow because there's so much going on every single night of the week. Um, but yeah, so a few of the storylines that popped up, obviously the Ball brothers. Um, I think I said on the podcast before Christmas that Melo was gonna light it up. Um, for those who don't know, Lamelo Ball, obviously, um, third choice in the draft, really. Drop third,
0: third, yeah. yeah um, so kicked
2: the drop and so he's picked, and he's gone to the Charlotte Hornets. Obviously older brother Alonzo Ball is at the Pelicans who seem to he seems to have been really, really poorly performing there. Um and I suppose possibly playing for a way out. <clears throat> Looks possibly to go to the Clippers or the Knicks, I would say, um in the close season. But there's a long there's a long, long life away to play before then. But I have to say the mellow has been a breath of fresh air in Charlotte. I think he's been excellent. Um for the minutes he's played. <clears throat> I think he's had two triple doubles. Um, you know, he's, he's been good and it, it's it's exciting. So there's one story on if you're looking to watch it. The second and probably most... The one getting the most media at the moment is the Brooklyn Nets, obviously. So um, I know Sass will have a, a big opinion on this, but James Harden, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, only God knows what's going on there with Kyrie Irving. He came back. He's played two games now back, I think, <clears throat> in the last...
1: Lost both to the cat. lost both to the calves. Both to the
2: calves. I don't know what that means for the organisation. Um Harden has lost a lot of weight in a week. Well, sorry, it's probably two weeks now to three weeks. And then put it back, back on. He just keeps <clears throat> I think he probably wears a bodysuit, possibly I'm not, I'm not too sure. It fluctuates <laughs> that much. And then the one that I'm most interested in is the on off Celtics. Um they're, you know, lit up for I think four or five days in a row, they get wins and then they falter again. Uh Tatum's in, tapens out. And um, and the biggest one for them this weekend is the Lakers, uh, they have got the Lakers <clears throat> coming up, so that that's a big one. So they're the kind of three storylines I've been following, um, over the winter period. So it it's great the NBA is back, and um, it's 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 good. Any any thoughts on that, Sas?
1: Yeah, well I suppose there's loads of stories. I think the NBA, and if you follow us on Instagram, you'll notice that like I I put up the scores mm-hmm. every every morning. Um, you will also notice there's an awful lot of postponed games these are COVID games, the NBA obviously isn't operating in the bubble so it's something to keep an eye on is the COVID situation in the NBA because with the amount of games they play each week I think there's a real scope for players say playing three away games out of the four games one week there's a real scope for spread of the virus so it's interesting um, in terms of what you're touching on in the Celtics it would be kind of a known thing in the NBA that the season doesn't start until after the All-Star yeah. weekend, which is February. So <laughs> for people who are getting who are looking to get in and, and, and still get interested, don't pay too much attention to the results. Obviously, you can, you can be out of it by All-Star weekend, but I wouldn't judge anyone that's in the around the eight playoff spots in each uh, conference um is generally in with a shout and you, you kind of it get it, it heats up after I think it's the first weekend m- maybe the second weekend in in February, in February not for not to clash with the Super Bowl Just sorry but, um know, on. just one I, I you took the point out of my head <laughs> sorry. Um Will
2: the All Star weekend still happen in February was my question, do you think with with the games postponed um, and all that sort of stuff?
1: No. It's cancelled but they're still having an all star weekend and they're still having so a weekend off and they're still having the votes, okay. so you're still voting for your Westland Houston team, but there won't be a physical slam dunk contest. There won't be a three point okay. contest. And the, part be the that contest. Do we
2: know yet at this time what happened to the postponed games?
1: They try and fill them back in, I think. Okay. Because there's a, as you
2: said, there um, is a few if, building up now where I think the Celtics might have two or possibly three. Um, do you
0: do Do you reckon that? Uh, what what's kind of the percentage of uh, COVID games compared to games that are going ahead, and has it's it has it kind of is it steady or has it increased week on week?
1: I would say it's increased. I'd say the first week or two, I was putting up those maybe one, maybe two a week. week. I'd say we're now at a stage where there's one, maybe two a day. Do you
0: reckon <clears throat> now that no America has a new president who's actually going to take COVID seriously, that there might be a possibility of a cancelled or delayed season or do you reckon they might uh, postpone it for a number of weeks and operate it in a bubble like they done in was it Disneyland or Disney yeah. World or whatever?
1: Disneyland. The The issue with the bubble mm. is it operated on a much smaller yeah. scale as mm. in they literally, I think they had four teams that weren't in the playoff spots okay. that had an opportunity. So they, they dropped from 30 teams to 20 teams. I don't oh, think yeah, they can actually yeah. facilitate 30 <clears throat> teams, 30 backroom staffs and play all the games in the same arena and have a decent schedule in Disneyland with 30 teams. I think it was a viable option for the twenty, but I don't think it's a viable in option. In hindsight
2: for one season they possibly should have looked at just keeping the regionalized. like should the Celtics be playing the Lakers? Should the Celtics you know they probably could have used one arena within that region so yeah obviously the Celtics have the, they have Philadelphia they have whatever
0: possibly could have looked at it, something like as that. As in
1: conference bubbles and yeah. such yeah. type thing so
0: maybe but keep it keep it centralised to a state or a city but use multiple venues Mm, but the interesting
2: thing you said there brian was about the new president and all that sort of stuff if i don't know if people watched dana white last night and he said um that one of the questions was when do you plan to come back to abu dhabi and he kind of said well look with the new inauguration and the new president and all that sort of stuff we don't know yet because the states are now trying to implement the the quarantine as well Mm -hmm. um so they don't know how that's going to affect UFC. And obviously UFC have to supply ESPN and Disney with, I think it's 42 live events a year. So it, we are probably looking at them going back to the Apex or somewhere else in Florida maybe or whatever and, and getting fights done. But yeah, like I can see what you mean about the travel thing. Um, to move on to the bad, um, sorry to cut anyone short, but um, with the bad, so Irish international sports scene. We've got rugby that doesn't seem to be going anywhere in a hurry obviously we've got Paul O'Connell just in as forwards coach with the um, international team we don't seem to know who you know, our first two or three scrum halves are who's coming in after Johnny Sexton if he if he gets injured there's lots of questions to be asked and coming into a Six Nations that we still aren't 100% that's going to happen because um, we know the women's one is obviously you can call it off already mm-hmm. the men's seems have to, to have gone 20s. ahead but I would be reserved on that just for the moment because I know there's problems in France and the French are looking at or the French government they're looking at France not competing, possibly. With football, we have staff dropping left, right and centre from the FAI. We've had the departure of Damien Duff, obviously. Um, Alan Kelly, the goalkeeping coach. And we've also actually had Andy Reid fall from the 18s, which is obviously for another role. So it's it's a different kind of situation there. Mm -hmm. We've dropped from 21st to 46th in the nation's rankings, which doesn't help our European standings for our League of Ireland teams qualifying for Europe, nor does it help our underage teams, like 21s and stuff like that on the international scene. Um and then finally which you touched on a little bit earlier on, our Olympics is in question. So for the Irish sports scene, although we're getting loads and loads of sports as as you know um uh, international sports, it's not looking good for our own international scene and national scene I suppose as well. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, interesting. Is it, is it a depressing um, time thanks to thanks be an for Irish sports sport? bringing everyone fan? down. Yeah, yeah probably yes. is. Um likely given possible extension of the restrictions as well, probably gonna to have to wait an awful lot longer for the national leagues to return as well. So any staunch gamen and women will be a little bit disappointed by that. Um it hasn't obviously been confirmed, but I can imagine the way the what's been predicted and what's been speculated will be pushed back. Which means the championship will then be pushed back unless they want to cut the league or diminish the league. Yeah. So it is probably a stressing time to be, to be an Irish sports fan but I mean I've kind of always not a huge fan of international sport during this mm-hmm. window huge issue say if, you, say if you're just an association football fan we had European Nations Weekends yeah. which disrupted everything yeah. I'd argue Mickey yeah. Mouse competition and your stars came back with it with, with Covid mm-hmm. We're now looking back Salah came back Do you know like I think stuff has has to be sacrificed. Another thing that you you didn't just mention just to bring in is the Lions tour yeah. now, which then potentially looking at having in Dublin in Crowe Park, which I don't understand the logic. If I'm honest, it's it it's. I think you have to seriously say, look, international sport needs to take mm-hmm. a backward step. We'll keep domestic going so your athletes are still training and still have something to work towards.
2: Would you include Six Nations in that? Like, I, I, Again, I'm coming back to the NBA bubble thing. I think if we're trying to get sports up and running, why not just move the Six Nations to London, say, and just play it all over six to eight weeks?
1: Yeah, I'd even I'd argue against even London. I'd say just put it in the Midlands. Put it somewhere in the middle of England yeah. where you could, you could arguably have a... It... Like London is just such a densely populated area, it's very hard for your players to go shop. So okay, somewhere like you know, they will need yeah, to George's leave.
2: Park or something like that and just play them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I'd be all for it. And to be honest with you, I don't think the reason I don't think it's quite a scary concept, but the, the reason six Nations I don't think will be cancelled. Is it's one of the profitable most profitable tournaments in world sport. So I don't think they can afford the unions are crying mm-hmm. for money at present. And one of the reasons why they're pushing out the line store here is because it will have a knock-on effect on the summer tours the following season if they were to push it back a year. Most importantly, Wales, who are due to play South Africa, so they will be down a summer tour as well. So, the, and they're huge money uh, generators for the, the the union. So, yeah, look, I think Actually, it's a, something's it going to have bode to. Told
2: well for the South African teams before Christmas that have just joined the Pro 14.
1: This Rainbow yeah. Cup. That's look, yeah. It, Concept is disaster. good,
2: but in the, I, the timing is bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. Time is... is And just the last
2: point, because I know I'm running over time uh, slightly, the ugly um, I've been on this before we ended last season Um, (laughs) unfortunately Beric isn't here to to kind of comment on this, but Neil Lennon is still in the Celtic hot seat, despite fan (laughs) disgruntlement and some decisions made over the last few weeks which were bizarre to say the least Trip to Dubai obviously being one of them granted that's a club outing, but like literally like the book stops with the manager the book needs to stop with the manager his interview then last week um about the media picking them out or bullying them i think is way off the charts um and for me now i feel like the longer neil lennon stays in that seat the more respect he's losing had he stepped out maybe in november december when he knew things were going pear-shaped you know he probably would have stepped away with a little bit of dignity Um. Whereas now I think he's losing all dignity, and he'll struggle to get another job in club football. Um, I think international football will come easier to him. So, we've got Rafa this morning being gone into bookies favourites. We've Eddie Howe, who I think is the perfect chance for him to rebuild himself, similar to what Rogers done. And but the Roy Keane one just doesn't seem to go away.
1: No. Um. Yes. Points on that, if if I may. Um. One, I think after that interview, that press conference, I think it, it's it's when as opposed to if. Um, I don't think he has he he's he's in a state state of mind where he's willing to step down, but I do think he would be forcibly removed, to put it lightly. Um, on Eddie Howe, I actually don't think Eddie Howe needs to rebuild his reputation. I think he has a good reputation for yeah. what he did in Bournemouth. He just took time out, wasn't it? Isn't yeah. that he took time out as opposed to um, being sacked. But the one thing I would say is, with regards to Neil Lennon, and I know you're saying he might might struggle to get a, a Celtic job. A year is a long time in football, and a lot of people would have said that. But Big Sam after getting sacked, with Mick, job. me, Mick McCarthy in Cyprus, Mick McCarthy <laughs> back at Cardiff now. So <laughs> he he mightn't get one next month, but I wouldn't say his club career is finished with.
2: The Eddie Howe one's a funny yeah, like one because you say that he doesn't need to rebuild, which I, I agree with. I think Eddie is a fantastic coach. And Kobe, I I, I, mm. I say coach because I don't think he's a man. he's a coach. He's a real coach. He's like, he is like Klopp. Mm. He's like Rodgers. He's like all these. But did Rodgers need to rebuild when he went to Celtic? Or did it just enhance his reputation because he won? Because he'd left Liverpool pretty, kind of at a high, like, it, it, it's You wouldn't say he was a failure at Liverpool, I don't
1: think. You wouldn't, but I think a lot of it's to do with matching expectations, and I don't think he matched the expectations of Liverpool fans, that's not fair to say. I don't think he did a bad job, but I think a lot of Liverpool well, fans weren't happy would, with him. If I remember He quite, was I a breath of fresh
2: air, given what we had had before then with, with Hodgson, it's Kenny, right, yeah. and don't get me wrong, Hodgson, <laughs> Hodgson and Kenny are lovely gentlemen, but they weren't to cut out for that level. Um, But yeah... Doc, any thoughts on on the Celtic situation? Particularly the the points with
0: the lads,
2: maybe? With with the lads? Points with the lads when they were in Dubai.
0: Oh, when they were in Dubai. Yeah, I think a a point was made um, that it was signed off on by the Scottish government, which is twice, which is fair enough. But I think given the... The situation, which at the time had kind of worsened in terms of the spread of of the virus, they probably should have knocked it on the head. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. And decided not to go. Um, In terms of Lennon still being in the job, he only has, like, what, six wins in the last 21 games? Or something like that, I think I read the other day. I would say... Yeah, I I would say time to to go in terms of a replacement. I know Rafa has been linked with the job. It's been said he's the bookie's favorite. I don't know if it's the type of job that he himself mm. would mm. go with. I think he'd be probably looking uh, uh like a lot of people were saying uh going back to Newcastle. Um if Steve Bruce gets sacked. I, I just don't think. Now I could be wrong. He could be Signing a contract as we speak, and um, but I, I just don't think it's his kind of caliber of club. The one thing, but yeah, on. having said that, I think if uh he does manage to sign, they're obviously going to be paying him a lot of money. They'll obviously have their sights set on like a three or five year strategy where they get back to the top, where they're qualifying for the Champions League, where they'll get out of the group stage, kind of thing. But Celtic need to. they they need to they need to buy players and they need to be spending decent money and it's the one thing that they never really done now they've had good players come through the academy and some of the buyers that they have done but they really need if they want to do well in europe they need to be buying in decent players i think i think
2: they've signed decent players without spending the money like marky like say scott sinclair at the time when he came in one or two like that um the interesting like, thing is the, Victor Winiamma, yeah, but it's very hard for Celtic to players with no fans in the ground. You have to remember they don't have a Premier League deal or <laughs> like a, a TV deal. And I know we're True. way True. over now but I don't think Lennon will be in that job if there was fans in the ground. Yeah. Pro-
0: pro- probably not.
2: And then um, the one thing about Rafa is and I'll finish on this it'll be incredibly incredibly interesting. See next season, Rafa Benitez managing Celtic coming up against Stevie G, managing Rangers.
0: Stevie G, managing Rangers, yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah. Sass? Yes, supposed to say wait and see scenario.
1: Well, why don't we take a quick word and we'll return after a word from our sponsors. Mm -hmm. Hey, everyone. It's the Sasquatch here from the Busted Bar Stills Podcast. This episode is produced in partnership with our friends, The Square Ball, located just off Marion Square. I'm doing it rough at this moment in time with the pandemic, so make sure to give them a follow on Instagram, give them a like, give them a share, and hopefully, someday soon, we'll all be able to get back in for barbecue, points, and sport. Hello and welcome back for the second part of episode one, season three. It's hard to believe we haven't been shut down um, <laughs> as of yet. Um, I suppose I'll kick into to my segment and then we have a, a few fan questions to get to, so we, we'll power to them as well. Um, I do apologise as I, I'm conscious we have a, a wide variety of sports fans that do listen to this podcast and do follow us. And there's been a lot of NFL coverage of late, but it is the business end of the season, so. I have to get into it. Um, we are recording Sunday afternoon time. Likely be out maybe Monday. So by the time this hits the airways, we'll know our Super Bowl matchup. So I'm not going to make any bold predictions to be covered. Ooh. To have egg on my face within 24 hours. Uh, I don't mind doing it with 40 hours, but 24 hours is a bit too, too short on Okay, so basically, this week, there's loads of narratives going on in the NFL at the minute. But we have the future of the AFC and nay, the the NFL with... Allen versus Mahomes. But I'm more interested this week in Brady versus Rodgers. And what is the GOAT debate. Fun little stat for you. Um, Very topical at at present. But for myself as a self-confessed Brady hater. Brady's 20 seasons he's made 9 Super Bowls. This is now season 21. Which he hasn't completed. But he could make 10 Super Bowls. But let's just say 20 seasons 9 Super Bowls. Steph Curry last night overtook Reggie Miller as the second all-time perimeter shooter. He has a career sh- uh, shooting percentage beyond the arc at 43.3%, which would mean that it's more likely Tom Brady will make a Super Bowl at 45% than Steph Curry will make a three-point shot. So we do have to give the man credit where he's where he's due, but basically the whole Brady versus Rogers thing got me thinking and got me thinking about the whole quarterback dynamic as a position. It's I'd say arguably for argument's sake, but in my mind it's not. It is the most influential position in any field sport. As in, there's no way you look at a premiership preview and you go, well, Man United don't have a decent left back. There's no way they can compete for the premiership. There's no one position in any other sport that's so crucial to it than the quarterback position. It's the best pay position, it's the most crucial position, yet it's the position with the least amount of control in terms of a player's individual career. So where you draft tends to be where you play. I know, obviously, there's, there's kind of a, a bit going on at the minute with Deshaun Watson, but that's more... seems to be more sinister issues within the franchise and in, um, incompetence, basically. But largely speaking, where a quarterback is drafted is where they play for, the season, for their career. Um we also had two high profile retirees this season so we've had well drew Brees is yet to be confirmed but we have had philip rivers and if you listen to any of the american talk shows likes your congo word the hot topic this week has been is philip rivers a hall of famer so we've done some digging around and kind of had a, a bit of a golden patch there between 2000 and 2005 in the nfl 2000 brady was drafted he's at six rings 2001, Drew Brees, one ring, but inc- incredibly influential to that city of New Orleans. 2004, Eli Manning, two rings. Ben Roethlisberger, two rings. And Philip Rivers, no rings. And then 2005, you had Alex Smith drafted, but you also had Aaron Rodgers. One ring and a bit of time left. If we look at the numbers in terms of all-time yards, it's Brady Breeze, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre and number five is Philip Rivers. If we look at completions, it's Breeze Brady, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, and Philip Rivers again at five. And if we look at all time TDs, it's Brady Breeze, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and Philip Rivers. So, Philip Rivers has never won a ring, and the discussion has basically been that he's not a Hall of Famer because he's never taken his team through the playoffs and to the finals. But if we look at the numbers, he's top five. In three of the I was gonna say yeah, and,
2: he, and Rogers so, isn't even there in in, a, in most
1: of them. Yeah, now Rogers still has a bit of time. He's thirty-seven, so you'd argue that's he incredible. He's years a back.
2: bit of time. He's thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's if you if you look at any of these players, if yeah. you look at Breeze, not Brady, but Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, they all started to excel in their career when they reached thirty. Now that's getting younger in the NFL. But I suppose the question I wanted to ask you, and this is a general question because we're not all just NFL fans. Mm-hmm. Are we too focused on titles, championships, etc., when celebrating sport and prowess?
2: This is a funny one because um again, Beric's not here to argue this one with me, thank for, thank God. But if you look at someone like Steven Gerrard, who
1: I knew I how did I know that, that was the first <laughs> athlete that we mentioned? I be like if 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 the if the coach gets in first, it's gonna be Look at Stephen Gerard. It, it's like, where do you stop? I'm being where do you stop with,
2: you know, how do you put it? Loyalty versus championship wins. He's actually a good player. Or, like. or, or trophies, or, or or whatever. So, like, I'd I'd flip it ever so slightly. Like, would you prefer to see Rodgers... win the Super Bowl this season with Brady? not winning with Tampa right but he has he has um, that legendary status with the Patriots like that's a feel good story or would you prefer to Tom Brady to go and win it with the books and go look I can do it with anyone
1: do you know what I'm saying there I want I want Rodgers to win because I love Aaron Rodgers as, as a quarterback I think yeah. he's one of the most talented like I, I know I'd say Tom Brady's a better winner but I'd say Aaron Rodgers is is the better player. I think it's kind of a bit of the Jordan-LeBron debate. Is it though? is like, like, you name numbers
2: there and all. Like, can Rodgers even be in that conversation?
1: Yeah, he, he's, he's like seven or eight kind yeah. of on most of those statistics. I think he might be ten on TV. The thing I've
2: noticed as, a, as a, a follower of NFL and maybe not a fan would be that Rodgers seems to have done it with whatever has been Sorry, I say seemed to have done it, but stuck it out with one of the one of the better players. With, well, no matter what was put around them, whereas Brady has always had outlets.
1: Yeah, look, and I I think this year's been a poor year for Bill Belichick. Mm. It's kind of, it's 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 made it look as if it was all Brady. I, I don't believe for a minute that it was all Brady. I just think, and he said it himself, Bill like like they are suffering now for winning all those championships. They yeah, because they can't recruit, look, Like yeah. they can't recruit. They've no. Um, cap space or anything like that, and the number of players drop out this year because of mm. COVID. They actually one of the worst impacted because players had um, high risk relatives and stuff like that, or high risk issues. Do you read themselves. into that, though? Do you risk read into Tom? Well, we don't,
2: have Tom, and it's the cold, and maybe I'm not going to play this year. <laughs> hey, yeah, Granny, how you I, feeling? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, yeah, but I mean, I, I suppose it, it's a thing that's it's transferable across all sports, yeah. I suppose as well. And it's kind of, it's. It's uh, something I'd be interested on. Maybe your take, the doctor? Would you? How would you feel? <laughs> no. Do you think in in sport in general we put too much power or like too much importance on actual titles yes. as opposed to yes,
0: yes, we do. <clears throat> Definitely, yeah. Um, it's like um, I'll tell you what it's, it's like. It's like we say just for Sports. just a, a a small example, like there um. During the week What day is it Sunday I think it was A Thursday Or a Friday uh, The athletics Fellow Jerry Kiernan Passed away Yeah And there's been So much media Surrounding him Saying how great An athlete and stuff He was And Like he he ran He ran In the Olympics That John Tracy ran in John Tracy came away With a medal No I don't I I didn't Read hugely into it But I think it was More so Around the fact that Your man was such A top bloke like a, a really, yeah, really nice was the bloke a, a, a good coach, and you know, he kind of had this whole sportsman leadership vibe about him, but he wasn't a serial winner or such.
1: You know, so that kind of thing highly influential in a number quite of Irish athletes yeah. as a primary school teacher as well. I think he's he was a Madigan's old primary school. Nice doesn't win
2: your trophies, though. <laughs> But and I'll tell you, I'll tell you probably a better way to look at it is, if you look at Dublin over the last 10, 15 years and trophies, and not to put, take the piss, but there's athletes playing GAA that should probably be... Like, they're not going to win championships. They're not. It's just not going to happen. But should probably be looked upon I, I as get, incredible athletes.
1: I get you. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? So so the argument actually would be from your county. I would say Matty Ford yeah. was arguably one of the most gifted footballers Yeah we seen at in his of his generation, but because he played for Wexford, yeah, he probably didn't get the titles. That
0: yeah, same with uh, a yeah. Declan Brown of Tipperary, yeah, like yeah. zero success. Absolutely amazing footballer, wonderer. I think he is the top scorer for Tipperary. Um, but I, I suppose there they're... was one. Well, yeah. There was one season. I think they were like the third round of the qualifiers. Uh, third round of the qualifiers. The back door. And um, he still won an All Star that year. I'm just never happens. See, see the way
2: in in Ireland. Obviously, we've got All Stars and Premier League, or Team of the Year, and all that sort of stuff. And we do have it in the NFL as well. But just out of interest, in terms of getting recognition, and Sassy, you'll probably know more about the answer. How many times has the winner of the Super Bowl has has the QB been MVP or in the Team of the Year or whatever? Like, does it does it always well, correlate, or does it ever no, that Tom Brady no, because... won and Aaron Rodgers got the MVP or the, or in the you know year or whatever?
1: Well, the the argument across American sports is the MVP is a regular season award. Right. So, so they don't give it out until the playoffs are done, but they say it's a regular season mm. award. Um. Yeah, and no, then the playoffs do obviously factor into yeah. it subconsciously, but the argument is, it's a it's a regular season award. No, there's no real. Generally speaking, of these awards, and you know from the NBA. And as such, they don't like to give it to the same person too often. They don't like to admit that. Unless it's LeBron. They have a generational <laughs> t- Unless it's what? LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's only had four MVPs across an 18-year career. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. They don't like to... Like, I would say it's highly unlikely, likely, no matter how well he plays, that Giannis will win it this year because that would be three in a row. Um, It's the similar thing in, in the NFL. and. It's similar, Rugby League is a man of steel, um Australia's the Daily M. You know, the player of the tournament player of the year for, for everton. Now uh, I think the only awards to actually look at are stats awards, so top goal scorer, etc. Yeah. Top point scorer, that type of thing. Um, yeah, look, it's 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 a way of maybe giving like recognising players who don't have a chance basically because of where they're at. Yeah, well, I had a follow up question, but I think he's he's going kind of, <laughs> to agree anyway. It was basically prior to 2017, the race was between Montana and Brady. At the time, Bo had four Super Bowl rings, but Terry Bradshaw always also had four and was always admitted from the discussion. So I think the question I was going to ask was are titles only valid when they suit a narrative? As in LeBron and Jordan. Mm. Is it just like a lot of people go, well, jordan has rings has six rings versus four or if someone like say if someone wanted to make the argument that paul i'm not as an Arsenal fan i'm definitely not saying this but that Paul Scholes is a better footballer than stephen gerrard because he's got more trouble Is that when? Is that is that the is it yeah is it is it more a thing of suiting people's arguments
2: it seems to be it, particularly in irish culture but it seems <laughs> it yeah it does seem to be like that doesn't it and do we overemphasize? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. It's very hard. I think you. I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's to suit someone's narrative. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a. It seems to be a fine balance, doesn't it? I mean, like, uh, it's it's when it gets to the fine lines. Like, obviously, if you look at, say, if you were looking at say United versus a Liverpool player, you'd never say, well, look at look at many Premiership titles Wes Brown has. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, I think it's when it gets narrow and it gets. For yeah, 20, I think a big one for Liverpool
2: thing. players was back in the day you when know, I was in school, yeah but Michael Owen has a Ballon d'Or do
0: you know it's one of those never ending arguments isn't it yeah like
2: Michael Owen never won yeah. a Champions League or a Premier League sorry at yeah, Liverpool but you know he has a Ballon d'Or so. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. it probably comes back in that in that time, I can't remember what year it was it was probably about 2000 was it I think he might have won the Ballon d'Or but um yeah that at least that's personal recognition,
1: yeah do you know what I mean like,
2: and it suits the narrative of a Liverpool fan, whereas you could compare them that year with I don't know who was up front then Cole and Yorkie you know
1: uh, well geez, they were banging the goal too as well That's like that's a great debate like.
2: <clears throat> yeah, jeez but yeah I think I think you I think you hit the end there with the narrative suggestion there
1: that, that that so if we're comparing players we should be admitting titles.
2: Yeah, but, but there's so many subplots because you just go into yeah. Well, look at their personal titles versus their team's yeah, titles. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. Or, or is it... like, like is Gerard um, I know going, I know. Yeah. It, I hate to bring up the yeah, NFL yeah. again, obviously, because I did want this to be more centered. But a lot of people, like, are are fighting for Eli Manning to win, to win the uh, to, to be a Hall of Famer, and like stats-wise, he's nowhere near it. But he has those two important. Brilliant. Rings again against Tom Brady and discounted both times, so it's like he has these moments. And and um, don't know if you listen to the the herd, colin uh, Coward. Mm. His co panelist Joy Taylor, I think she's very very clear mm. in. But whole one was horn was. Could you tell the story of the league without that player?
2: That's a good way to look at it.
1: That's a great yeah. way to look at it. Like
2: so. Will, will Rogers go Hall of Fame if he doesn't win this year?
1: Yes, he'll go. Hall but Fame he's maybe. only got one ring. He's only got he's one ring, and he's not in most of the stats yet. Yes, but he will be with the Um He's now got possibly the number one receiver in the league. In the Van right, league.
2: let me rephrase it. Rogers gets a season, sorry, a career-ending injury. God forbid, touch what he does Doesn't in the next two weeks. Does he still make Hall of Fame?
1: Isn't tonight? Yeah. Does but but then why should Eli Manning not? Why should Eli well,
2: Manning not if he's got two rings?
1: Because eye test. Why 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 is Stephen Jared better than Michael Carrick? Yeah, fair. Do you know, that, that's that's the thing. It, it, it's eye test purely there. Yeah. You know? It's a. Uh, Interesting. It's it, That's a proper bar still need
2: a few guineas in me now for that one.
0: Right. For that <laughs> one, yeah. Absolutely, yeah.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Right, well, I suppose we will move on. Um, It's time for some fan questions. Fan questions are brought to you by our affiliate partners, Uk. Don't just support your side, rep them. Be it on that all-important work Zoom call or on the couch for the game. Click the link in the podcast description or in our Instagram bio browse the wide variety of sports sports <coughs> merchandise from all four of America's major leagues. Major League Baseball the NFL, the NHL and the NBA. Our first fan question is from Dave allegedly from Newcastle but the accent that I'm not going to get
0: Hi guys Dave here. First off I want to say keep up the great work and I can't
2: wait for the new season with the podcast to begin. My question for everybody this week is we're now halfway through the Premier League season and we actually look like we have a title race on our hands so what I want to know is who are you backing to win the league and secondly who do you think is going to finish in the top six a fully what was the first part what was the
1: top lowest. six
2: what was the first part who win the league so, who will win, who'll the, win
1: league. the league and who who we think will be top six
2: well I've, I've nailed my colours to the mask masked a little bit earlier on so I think City of Manchester take top two spots
1: in what order I don't care <laughs> <laughs> well well the question is the first the first question is who do we think is going um, to win if I was to put
2: money on it today um city for me to win the league uh,
0: yeah i think both By, I, I think both answer, i go. think both uh manchester teams finish top 2 <laughs> my heart says man united but uh my head says man city to win it as a top 6 I reckon Leicester, Liverpool, Spurs, uh, and yeah, I'd say Everton. I'd say as is.
2: Everton, I can't okay. see Everton staying there. Okay. I see, yeah, um, I see. Look, I see as is with United, City swapping. Obviously, so City one, United two. Oh. we'll go Liverpool 3 Leicester 4 Spurs and I think it's going to be a really exciting race for 6 really exciting like when you think about it West Ham really performing Everton I don't Everton are one of them they're like mm-hmm. mm. good reason bad reason. <laughs> Um I could see Southampton creep up
1: <clears throat> well let me tell you something and I don't I don't like to call out our fans but Dave from Newcastle there has missed the most intriguing part of the season, speaking as a national fan. The race for ninth. <laughs> I mean, I know Villa have got them games in hand, but uh, I think we could really, you know, down the stretch. No, um, for me, I actually am going to say something. I kind of agree with this, but I think a little bit differently. I think I think one of the Manchester's, I don't know which, I think it's going to be City. I think it's going to be Leicester in second. They're playing real consistent football. I think Liverpool third and United fourth is what I think. I just think United are going to run out of steam. I think it's a season too soon under Ole. I think... I just. I, I was th- actually just going to say... I, I think United's best United's best players in this stretch have been Paul Pogba and Luke Shaw. I wouldn't rely on either. What about Yeah, well, but I mean, he he is the most improved player. Yeah, he
0: is. Fernandez is world class. Um, Take away the penalties, though. Yeah, he's getting a bit of stick for like not showing up in the big games, and this is kind of like don't get me wrong. I'm I'm, I'm delighted. Man United are are top. Uh, I wasn't expecting that at the start of the season, particularly after fucking match day six. They'd already lost like three games. only goal, eh? was I don't it think Ole was expecting it either I don't think the fans are expecting it um, But yeah he's kind of being criticised for not turning up in the big games And like I said this is kind of my issue with United of this season versus last season They're picking up the points But they're 2-2 against Leicester, nil all against Liverpool, nil all against Chelsea, nil all against City Last year they done the double over Leicester, City and Chelsea And picked the point up off Liverpool and four points off Spurs if you really want to be challenging for the title and fucking, you know, pulling away from second, tour and fourth, it's those big games that you do need to be kind of winning in. Like, it's, it's as simple as that. I'd, i i
1: I don't know about that. Um, well, the problem that Arsenal have had over the last number of years and the problem that United had last year is they couldn't get themselves up for the small games. Yeah. Any player yeah. worth their salt can get themselves up for the big games. It's getting up for Newcastle away on a Tuesday night midweek fixture. And that's where I think the better sides always find a way to eke out the results. And that's what United have done. Like you look at the scored quite late on against Burnley. Scored like relatively late on against Fulham. Yeah. Do you know it it's those nineteen ninety nine better phrase gimpy fixtures.
0: Yeah. Ones at the bottom half. I mean like even, even last season like they apart from like getting all those great results against the the top teams Beaten by West Ham. Drew with Aston Villa. Beaten by Crystal Palace. Two draws against Wolves. Beaten by Newcastle. Beaten by Borley at home. Um,
2: Doc, is there any value in crowds not being in the ground for United? Do you know what? Uh, because I, I would I would say I, I, that if crowds were in, Ole would have been gone after the first four or five games.
0: Uh, under fan pressure probably like, it's, it's a we never know kind of thing. Do you know, it's it's one of those what ifs and buts questions.
1: Yeah, in addition, and this is something that is, is probably a bit tinfoil mm. hat-ish, but it's, it's something I'm very concerned about with American ownership in the Premier League. You look at this year for the Glaciers, it was all about Tom Brady and Tampa. I think Ole would have been less. Yeah. Like, run United into the ground or do whatever, I don't think they had a the, obviously they know what's going on in Manchester obviously whatever and there's people reporting into them but I wonder if with American American ownership over English Premier League clubs if the drive is there to be fully focused on bettering those clubs and that's something I query about United in the last few years I query about ourselves and the Kroenke I was going to um, say are you worried a lot of, are you worried I am worried for the simple fact that the policy in terms of contracts seems to have changed. And if you look at the LA Rams, they're in a serious spot at bottom because their cap space is a mess next season. Then Nuggets, are to think are actually coming to a similar juncture as well. It seems as if Stan Kroenke thanks to his wife has that Walmart money. I think the contracts they sign are actually terribly managed and poor from a team growth and sustainability side of things. Um, so it's something I would have fears over Stan Gronke, especially when you look at some of the moves. Look, I agree with what he did. Believe it or not, I do actually agree with what he did with the staff seconds in the middle of the first lockdown of COVID because he got rid of people like Pat Rice, who been there 12 years. What was his job? 12 years since he'd last coached. Mm-hmm. So what was his role? Like do you know that type of thing? But uh, yeah. yeah, I think... I think <laughs> Tampa Tom might have been might have been a way off thing of of helping Ole this year. Okay. With the pressure, I know the, the fans could also be a factor. I think there's a load of small factors there. Yeah,
2: it's just what I said about Lennon earlier on. I think if fans are in the grounds, those decisions are probably made a little bit earlier, so they get a little bit more leeway that fans aren't in the ground because maybe the board or the owners aren't seeing it as as prevalent. Possibly. Possibly <laughs> again, a little bit tin for the hat.
1: I think. You, like I think for me with the fans I think it just means there's more pressure on the board to make the decision but it depends on the board's stance if they're on the fence with someone and they get the fan pressure yeah. then it makes the decision a lot yeah. more easier but if they believe this is the man to bring us forward we're going to stick with him come hell out high water the fans are irrelevant mm-hmm. effectively if they believe that they have the right man for the job and it's going to take time I don't as think an,
2: an Arsenal fan would you be worried about where they finish this year like be it 9th, 10th, no. 11th
1: no, I like it's all about getting rid of on contracts. Like I would say, signing Aubameyang was a big mistake last year. I said at the time, I was like, we should sell him now. He's got six months on the contract. Coming, coming to his age, we're not gonna get better value from him than now. Delighted we got rid of Ozil. I think that's finally confirmed this morning. He signed with Fenerbahce. Um but there's so many more contracts to get rid of we, we, we seem to be getting a bit more rootless though I mean, I think Sakratas' contract was just terminated during the week as well out of the blue we have some terrible contracts in the club and it all stems from when Wenger started breaking the contract policy I think he broke on Tia Walcott of all people um, and that coincided with the, the Stan Kroenke taking yeah. over the majority stakeholders and getting your man oh, his name escapes me, he's over racing Milan now um, who's the other majority stakeholder it, the name escapes me anyway but yeah look interesting brilliant question there from Excellent. Dave F- fully loaded <laughs> fully loaded dodgy accent but we'll, we'll take we
2: got a fan question in on Instagram um, from Desperate Dano um, apparently relation sliding off bad in, sliding, in
1: those, <laughs> sliding in yeah those sliding in the
2: DMs basically and obviously to all listeners we, we do encourage um, questions be they voice um, or or written um send them in on a postcard or call us um so yeah the fan question is it's in regards to mcgregor fighting last night and desperate dan wants to know how did mcgregor have moved to the us after he broke into the ufc 6 years ago instead of training with guys um who loses in brave mma all of the time um or a guy that's never had a pro mma fight um or injured athletes or um, had he been in the States basically training with elite athletes, would we have see a different Conor McGregor now six years on? So I suppose in, in relation to um, the guys, I think it's it's in regards to King Cowley being the brave fighter, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, the injured possibly Dylan Dannis, who obviously hasn't been part of the camp in a while, and um, Sheriff, that guy Sheriff, who hasn't, I don't think had a pro MMA fight. So I think they're all kind of in around sparring partners. So would we see a different Conor McGregor today had he dedicated his life to it and moved across the US six years ago?
1: It's it's like, on the whole Conor McGregor fight last night, I I don't want to have a post-mortem for someone who's been knocked out for the first time in their career.
2: Particularly when Beric's
1: not here. Particularly when Beric's not here. Um, What I would say is, the thing about bringing up the sparring partners, I'm kind of like... There is... Say in pugilism historically... There is fantastic sparring partners that never fought. They're just... They know how to spar. Yeah. And they, they bring out the best. of. The, so it. Yeah. bringing up a sparring partner's professional career... There's arguments for uh, sparring against the best of the best. But then there's also arguments that... No, training with someone who knows what they're doing... And knows how to get the best out of you... Is probably the best way to train. So, uh, in addition... <laughs> Conor McGregor was kind of the first one through the wall with uh, MMA in this country, Re- like as in UFC, and, mm-hmm. and really to be a huge name yeah. in the UFC. I know there was good people get true. So part of me want would like him to stay in the country mm-hmm. to grow the sport because uh, the real up-and-coming sport. I don't know if I think I think he may. I think what we saw last night, and it's, again, no post mortems here or whatever. I, hopefully, he bounces back. I do think it might have been the result of a lack of activity, a greater focus elsewhere. Be it proper twelve, be it some of the uh, out of the octagon incidents he's had over the last five years. Say, um, COVID didn't help. He fought Cerrone in January of twenty twenty. He should have maybe had two or three fights last year. I think he needs to go back to the drawing board and pick two winnable fights easily winnable fights and maybe one big name a la Justin Gaethje or Tony Ferguson to round out the year I think he needs to get some and he, he probably needs to do fight, four fights this year because he lost and he's lost early in the year so I think if he could pick out and I don't know these names mm-hmm. like they're not rolling off my tongue because I'm, I'm a casual fan of, of UFC and MMA but I think if he got two fights progressively getting better each time with a view to fighting Justin Gaethje because i think ultimately his legacy will forever be scarred because he's beaten poirier he probably fight poirier again he needs that redemption fight at cabine i think
2: uh yeah he's won one with diaz and he's won one with poirier i wouldn't poirier pretty much said last night he won't be fighting michael chandler for the belt so dana can go and forget about that one um but dana made an interesting comment about he thinks that poirier and mcgregor should be the fight for a vacated title which i can't really agree with because mcgregor needs to prove himself um in that in that
1: weight class and that's that's why i'm looking for the volume of fights this year i think because i think
2: nate probably should be his next fight but nate's not i don't think nate will get to 155 so i don't know how that works because we had a a conversation off air that we don't really know how rankings works in the ufc it's it's kind of one of them things that i'm not sure anyone can fully understand ever
1: uh, I'd say I'd say I'd say Bear could be able to, to, to fill in and tell you. Out. Like uh, I think we're all casual fans of, of MMA and stuff. It just to me it seems a bit. Conor McGregor's last six fights in the UFC: he's three wins, three losses. Mm. The spread over over a period of time. I don't know how long it was between. What when did he fight Kubek? Was it
0: 2017? twenty well, seventeen? It was uh, March twenty eighteen. Is ringing a bell for some reason?
1: I'm not sure. Uh, anyway it was, it was a significant period of time before between Khabib and um, yeah, it's Khabib. Local. and then then COVID hit and he didn't fight again for the rest of 2020
2: But mm. regards to the question though so it was um, I I do understand what Dangerous Dano was saying here because you look at the sparring partners and although he may we may be the right we do want to keep him obviously in the country whenever whatever, and I'm not a McGregor fan. I wouldn't really defend them. I don't agree with his out of the ring kind of antics, if you want to call it that. I would definitely get up to watch his fight. and um, just because it's just because. You know, he is the draw, he's Irish, so you do want to and but I have noticed people to kind of fall away. In particular, like my missus would have up until the Steroni fight would have got up with me and watched fights and now it's like because of everything, in papers, like, I know, alleged things in papers. Um, and kind of the antics around the whole um, Khabib time, kind of racial and, and and religious slurring and stuff like that. It's just like, no, I don't have time for him. So the last two fights, she hasn't. right. So I'm sure there's a population of that type of person as well. So his, his draw and then losing on top of that is probably coming away a little bit. But he has so much money now. Why not invest in people? Like you say, professional sparrows. People... Like people going fighting on the early card in the UFC are getting eight grand a fight. Like you know, sparrers make more than that. Like if you go in and spar from McGregor, you're probably making a lot more than that. Um, but like he's sparring lads that are wearing their nine hundred euro candy goose jackets and their five hundred euro runners and still looking for a stream on fight night. Do you know what I mean? Like just lads, like just invest in someone from the states. Come on over, five six lads, wherever it is. He has the money to do it, and set up your little bubble or your little camp, be it here or I know in Portugal wherever wherever you want to do it but like invest in yourself you've got that money he's invested yeah. in all these nutritionists and fast programs and all this sort of stuff so just I think that's what it has to be done and like you said he does need he needs to get a couple of wins under the belt for before any kind of title fight Dustin is there on merit like he's deserved it Um, hmm. over the last yeah. kind of since, since that McGregor knockout actually to be fair over the last six years he's deserved to be there
1: yeah I mean arguably Boyer fat McGregor too early in his career in 2014, like arguably, because it could have been a, a, gr- a great, and they have a lot of respect for each other. There. That that was one thing I would say though. I was with this fight week, I was kind of on the fence about this fight as in like interest level. But they were relatively respectful towards each other, which I think made it easier for me to watch and not cringe.
2: Mm. <laughs> you'd cringe if you were McGregor looking back, wouldn't you? Gone. Well, he said he was going to do it in sixty. He kind of changed that. I know you have. To, if you're a fighter, you do have to big up yourself because if you're in there in a in a in a weak state of mind, what God knows what could happen to you.
1: Every every fighter in in yeah. the world says they're going to knock them out in the first mm-hmm. round, whether it's MMA or whether it's pugilism. Um, they always say, "Yeah, I'm going to knock them out. I'm going to knock them out. I'm going to knock them out. I'm going to knock out." How many professional boxing fights <laughs> do you see seeing knockouts these days? And and how many times do you hear, "I'm going to knock them out. I'm going to knock them out. I'm going to knock them out."
2: the last little thing I'll touch on just on it is are we seeing a little bit of Mike Tyson in this I know I was watching Sports End there last night after a fight and there was a lot of they had tweets coming in and stuff and they were kind of saying there is shadows or echoes of, of Mike Tyson that he had a very very good early career and kind of outside the ring got on top of him maybe a little bit and he never really he kind of fought, you know he like no, is McGregor yeah. in danger? I suppose is the is probably the best way of terminology to put it. Like is he in danger of falling?
1: Fighting a... someone zero? What's that? <laughs> 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 Fighting someone zero? Uh, geez, I don't know. Um, Mike Tyson as an athlete is probably my on my mount rushmore um, <sighs> in terms of athletes. Watch, watch his early fights. There is no scarier man than Mike Tyson. In those fights when he just comes in two packs playing. He just went short, and he just pulverizes people. It's it's like it's like this is gonna say real American, but it's it's like inhumane. Some of the people that he, he like what he mm-hmm. did to them, like it's. I think mean, Mike Mike Tyson had the potential to be, but that, that's the thing to us But maybe it is yeah. Maybe McGregor and, and Tyson are. They had so much promise mm-hmm. early on, but uh, but I don't think. Connor's done by any shot I think it's it's a it's a huge shot it's a huge damage to his reputation but I think he can bounce back if he gets his head right
2: yeah it's just picking the fights now is crucial mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: but but it's it's
0: maybe either a, way I mean if it, if it's a, a PPV it, he's still going to be getting serious dollar for it regardless do you know yeah, that, yeah not, that, not that he's that's all, not that, that he's always well. motivated by by money or the the organisation themselves are motivated by money but I think the organization more or so. so yeah but that name McGregor is, is always going to be as well as a big, a big draw regardless I think he's probably in danger of losing a little
2: bit of that though in terms of over the last six years actually having his own selection of kind of what he wants I think he's probably like
1: <sighs> what I would say though is Khabib fought Gaethje, and it was in Abu Dhabi and it was on at 8 o'clock Irish time the is four hours yeah. ahead, so it was twelve twelve o'clock, mm. right? To suit European audiences, Conor McGregor fought just probably this morning at half five, which was half nine in the morning. I think think about the undercard. How damaging! Like it was. I'm not. This isn't by no means an excuse. I'm just kind of wondering, like, at what point are you as Dana White running a risk of ruining the product? As in, they are just not performing at the best because you've they're jet-lagged, and now you're making them get up at 4 o'clock mm. in the morning. Because I'd say it takes about five hours to get ready for a fight, in yeah, terms of yeah. up, breakfast, eat meal, all just and whatever. So, like, at what point is that detrimental to yeah. athletes performing at their yeah. best? Do you know what I mean? Like, you'd never push, you'd never say FA Cup final, or Champions League final, is between Real Madrid and Man City, and we know we have millions of remembered Man City fans in the US we're going to play it at midnight well midnight, yeah, midnight
2: is a bit, they do play games at midnight in Spain to be fair
1: <laughs> well we're, we're going to play know, it at 3 yeah, o'clock I know your, more. your point yeah, yeah I and, see your point do you know what I mean we never yeah because no matter of, no. I know they were quarantined
2: over whatever, two weeks whatever. but no matter how long you quarantine for you're still getting up at you know midnight for a fight mm. at 5am or whatever if you're on the undercard like it's yeah, it's it's bizarre but I think this, he did mention in the conference about coming back in June, July I think this is possibly for this year the end of the Abu Dhabi experiment just because the way Biden has come into the States and, and stuff he's looking at I'd say it's probably going to be based in Vegas or Florida now for the next you'd have to think
1: yeah hmm. I know the Hard Rock Hotel in Florida seems to be getting a lot of the uh, WBC and the, the, the boxing fights so I don't know if there's something the potential there Um, I think Florida's laws are a bit looser I think um, I think yeah, I don't know yeah. about that.
2: Yeah. Tiger King's in prison, is
1: not he? <laughs> <laughs> he was Oklahoma, I was, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I will just yeah. edit that. He out, was yeah. the Midwest. Mid-west that's, yeah. Yeah, that's he's he, he's not in prison because he broke the laws. He's in prison because of his sexuality. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! But <laughs> well, he is though. Oklahoma, that Midwest. You know what they're like. Um, yeah. Look on on that sour note. Um, uh, we- no, I think that's what it, it, it's
2: a question that we might pick back up a Beric next week um, and get his opinion. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: It's mean, just about to say that. Unfortunately, he is uh, he's missing an action, but he will. Bro. He did he
2: not, not buy person. tickets for ten grand in Abu Dhabi. I mean, we just want to put that out there. He's not. <laughs> he, he is on the continent of. Obara. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's not secretly an influencer so <laughs> in Abu Dhabi. Um, okay, well, considering Beric is absent, Doctor. For the first time this season
0: Take us away Yeah uh, Good evening Hello uh, Good morning Good afternoon And slánche. good evening Should I say And sláinte Thank you very much for tuning in To The Busted Barstools Season Trois Episode un. Um I've been the doctor He's been the Sasquatch As hairy as ever And Westlife himself The coach Who is gagging For a haircut um, Thank you very much Um, We've been the Busted Bar sales. Hope you've enjoyed it Uh, Listen Follow us on Instagram Share it with your friends Don't be afraid to send us in a fan question Um, I would like to apologise in advance As I will be absent next week But I will send in a little segment That the guys can play Um, So thank you very much Good evening And have a very enjoyable and safe week ahead Signing off We're at the Bar sales. Good night